the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I don't know if it's going to happen today or tomorrow, but I'm waiting for the vice president's book, too. They're giving it to all the illegal immigrants down on the border. I sure hope that they give it to me. I'd like to have it. (laughs) A signed copy. Anyway, good morning. How are you? Dave Ellswick Show back with you here on 101. And uh, Elizabeth is here. I told you she'd be here. She is here today. And uh, look what cat drug in. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Beach is here as well. He's been over at the uh, Capitol. Uh, it's been, can we say, a few emotional days uh, over, well, just yesterday was really emotional. Uh, we won't get into the specifics, but just know that it was emotional dealing about would they override uh, the governor's veto. And I got to tell you, here's how I feel about it. I just want everybody to know how I feel about it. Then we can, you can call in and tell me how you feel about it. We're going to have Mary Bentley on, state representative, in just a moment. She'll tell us she's in the House. She's got a vote yet today. But here's, here's what I'm thinking. When as many people vote for a bill, they voted for this bill to pass it, the governor should just let it become law if he doesn't want to sign it, not veto it. Because now you're, you're hearing from the people as far as I'm concerned. And I'm tired of this governor saying that he thinks he's the, the, the be-all, end-all. And uh, the way that he thinks is the way everybody else needs to think. I mean, I, I have to say, and Mary, I'm not going to ask you to say this. I'm going to say it. <laughs> the arrogance is ridiculous that's coming from the executive office now. <laughs> and, and Asa has got to understand that our our legislature is upset with him because all during the COVID-19, he's basically told them to sit down and shut up. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, they're saying they're not going to put up with it anymore. And I'm glad that they're saying it because the legislature is the people speaking. Yes. Hey, Mary, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, thanks, Dave. Good to hear your voice, Dave. And I appreciate the fight that you guys do every day for us. I mean, it to be the people's <laughs> voice. So it's been, I, I think it's been a great session. You know, I we've do done too. a lot of things. That, I think it's going to take a lot of people to understand what we've done, but it was in direct uh, response to how we were treated during uh, the pandemic. So I think we passed some great, some great bills. And I'm really excited about that, and that we will not be in that spot again in the future with another governor. Yeah, so, and that's good. I will, I will say some good things came out of that in the end. So, um, and I think I, I'm proud of my colleagues uh, in the House and the Senate. I think we've, we've had some great things, and we have been thrown on the bus by a number of people, calling us extreme and 
Over emotional. Extreme and you know, but I would say that we're we love kids and we care about people and we love this state and I, I'm proud of the things that we've gotten done. All right. Well, let's talk about today. Yesterday, uh, the governor lost a very important vote over in the Senate. He needed, uh, I think, it was 18 votes, uh, 19 votes to keep his. 18 votes to keep his uh, veto in place was that what it no, was 21 to uh well i know what the, i know what it was but yeah. he needed 18 votes to op- to hold his veto right 21 was v- voted to get rid of the veto so the 50 plus one happened so he lost now Aww. my my people my sources tell me that the governor was really ticked off all right yeah. probably Why was he surprised? probably as ha- unhappy as what bb was <laughs> when i got a hold of that letter that he wrote to sibelius saying that mm. he wanted arkansas <laughs> to be the first state to enact obamacare and how great obamacare was and he was standing up at the moment that i was reading it on the fourth floor at that time because they wouldn't let me be down mary where people could see me uh they i was reading the letter and he was down there telling the the press that you know he wasn't sure about obamacare and you know blah 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 and i read it and i understand that when he walked away and he got in his office and heard what happened he was throwing crap everywhere yeah uh after that because mike Beebe had a terrible temper people don't know that he's got a terrible temper. Oh, we knew that so anyway mary it's going to get it's it's going to get crazy today over in the house it sounds like i mean i i sent out a ton of texts yesterday asking house members to vote to overturn the governor's veto because you all vote what was the vote for this bill it was like 76 to something wasn't it uh, i think it was 72 dave i'm not for sure i haven't looked at the number i know it was well it was over 70 let's put it that way okay right? and i went in yeah okay so, so a huge majority a huge majority yeah and the governor you know says that's you know as though that's not important you know and uh you know this is the people speaking the house is definitely where the people speak yes and yeah. and, well, and it's just like he turns his back on the people i'm did he get another letter from walmart that's what i'm thinking probably <laughs> i mean i'm i'm tired of this i want the governor to govern for the people of arkansas not for corporate corporations yeah. yeah i agree well you know as i as i said dave when i was on uh anyway arkansas week earlier the seal of Arkansas says the people rule. It That's doesn't right. Say corporations rule. It says the people rule. That's, That's right. on our state seal. And I can tell you that our, our colleagues have heard loud and clear from our constituents um, on this bill and on sovereign. I know that there was three bills that were filed after session yesterday uh, to address some of the concerns that were voiced. So I can tell you today that a bill will be passed uh, to protect our sovereignty without without a doubt. Good okay. morning, don't, Mary. Don't, don't pass. Don't pass the Montana bill. No. All right, please no, don't pass no, the Montana no, bill. No, take a look. Take a look at the ones that were filed to specifically address a couple of concerns. So, no, we've got. Um, I know things that were worked on until late last night to make sure that we have our sovereignty is protected. We have the ninth and we have the tenth amendment, you know, of our constitution, and we're just enacting those things. And we're in unprecedented times, and we need to protect the rights of our constituents, and that's what we're going to do, without a doubt. Elizabeth, you had a question. Good morning, Mary. Thank you for being with Good us. Who filed the bills yesterday? Where do we find this information? 
uh, go on recently filed bills for yesterday. You've got one from Trent Garner, one from Gary Stubblefield, and one from Jeff Wardlaw. Uh-huh. Three of them were filed. After That's what I wanted yesterday. to know. Stubblefield, Garner, and Wardlaw. Right. All right. Yeah. And three different so, bills to fix this. Well, to address yeah, well, the concerns know, to address that people these have. Concerns, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but to keep to keep the bill, our bill, and not a Montana bill. So. Okay, very. Let me explain to people who don't understand what we're saying about Montana. Montana pa- passed a similar piece of legislation, except it has no teeth. I mean, you might as well just do a, what was I? I was talking a about resolution. A, resolution, a resolution, which has no yeah. no teeth whatsoever. It says this is the way we feel, but go ahead and do whatever you're going to do to us. Uh, and so right. I, I, right. I I'm, I'm glad that y'all are going to stick with. You know, that keeping some teeth there. Yeah. There has to be some accountability. Yeah, that won't satisfy yeah. the people. They're not going to sit still for right. that. Right, yeah. You know, some people say that we yeah. uh, that we uh, uh, we don't need a penalty in it. Just I know the Sheriff's Association and the Chief Police Association, along with the prosecutors, we don't need to put a misdemeanor charge on this. And at the same time, right at the other side of the mouth says, oh, don't worry about it. We're not going to violate anybody's rights civil rights yeah right well, it's kind of like it's yeah. kind of like driving down the highway speeding <laughs> well as long as you're not speeding you're not gonna and get caught you're not gonna you're not gonna get a ticket yeah you know what i'm saying but if they pull you over and there's no ticket to be given for speeding then why would you not speed that's right i'm just saying i mean just seems <laughs> seems to, you know yeah. i guess that's kind of commonsensical and mark twain always said common sense ain't very common anymore no and, and that's su- very true. Yeah, There's such an appetite right now to do something to stop the encroachment yes. from the federal government. That, well, uh, we've got to, yeah. Yeah, Our we've got to stop it. have been very loud and clear on that. So, exactly. Without a doubt. All right. So yeah. I can uh, I can assume that if there's one vote to overturn the governor, it will be yours. <laughs> you can be assured. <laughs> you take it to the I figured bank. I could. I figured I could. All right. Don't even, yeah. After this, Mary, after the yeah. session's over, I'll have you on. I'll get to see if Robin Lundstrom will come on, and uh, you guys yeah. can pick the other woman that you want to come on because the Republican women That's have been right. significant. That's right. During this this session, they've done great work. And you guys need to come on and talk about it, okay? Promoting conservative well, values. Dave, you gals you did a good job. So all right. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right. So, yeah, that's Mayor Bentley. Let's, uh, she's state representative, of course. Roman's out in Garland County. Let's get Roman up here. Hey, Roman, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Thank you for your opening comments. And I have to thank all those uh, senators and representatives, those that have just spoken here. You're giving the people great hope. There was a lot of interest in this yesterday, and uh, I couldn't wait to get up and get my coffee and get my radio dialed in here in antenna <laughs> position to hear you. I knew this would be the sole. This would be the sole place to get the facts on what was going on and where we're hoping today will go. Well, it's, you know, there's. I'm going I'm to be honest with you, Roman. It's going to be very close, but I think we yeah. win today. I think well, we win. We there are a lot of people praying, and as we prayed, instantaneously we saw the Holy Spirit work in that chamber, and we have got to continue collectively as Arkansas and Arkansans now at the county level as a next level of failsafe for ordinances. Yep. Ordinances, as you referred to, these resolutions. There's over 1,100 counties in America that have passed both resolutions and a few states 
and counties that have gone to the ordinance concept, but the ordinance concept holds those breach of oath violators accountable to some way or fashion. We have not really had that before. And we've watched city directors and JPs at the local level violate their oath and the court overlook that. But that's going to change, Lord willing here. Please, dear Jesus and the Holy Spirit, fill the chamber with your power and those men and women who love the Constitution. Dave, thank you for the great right. job. Thank you to Heidi. She's I- I- indispensable over there. She does a great job. A great I, I, I brag on her a lot. Her ears must burn all day long, I'm just saying. Well, right. hey, she deserves it. And thank you, Dave, for what you and the, and the other folks are doing there in Elizabeth. We just appreciate you. It's never said enough. Thank right. you, Roman. You're we I appreciate it. I got I got to move on, but I I, I appreciate that, and uh, it, it's what I've done ever since I came here. Mm. I'm doing it for 21 years, and I don't see myself stopping doing it anytime soon. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Pat Davis going to be with me on uh, Friday on the show, and of course he's your health plan man, uh, and of course his website is yourhealthplanman.com. Uh, Pat can help you get health insurance that is as affordable as you're going to be able to get it. Plus, it doesn't take you to the cleaners every time that you go to, you know, emergency care or whatever, and you got to pay, uh, you know, $7,500, $125 to them. Uh, what he does is offers you insurance with just about any provider in the nation where there are no copays. And uh, also in that is you got uh, the situation where you got you get a check many times from the doctor or the urgent care or even the hospital. How often does that ever happen to you? It hasn't happened to me very much at all. You can save 30 to 50% on health insurance. And let me just say, if you're self-employed, you absolutely need to talk to Pat Davis. And if you own a business, you should be talking to Pat Davis as well. His phone number is 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. And online, it's your health plan man. That's one word, dot com. All right, back the Dave Ellswick Show. My thanks to uh, State Representative Mary Bentley for calling in. I see where Senator Gary Stubblefield is watching on uh, on Facebook. And, Senator, thank you for the hard work you're doing. Yes. I mean, you're standing up. You're taking all, you know. Taking a lot of heat. You know, Shakespeare always talks about the slings and arrows. Mm-hmm. He's getting them, folks. And then I always, when I think of Gary in the position he's had and other uh, representatives and senators I've seen stand, uh, when everybody seems to be attacking you, it reminds me about the man in the arena. You've heard, all heard that poem. Mm-hmm. About uh, about the man in the arena. If you've never been in the arena, then you know you don't understand. I'm just saying you don't understand. Gary Gary Stubblefield has been attacked mm-hmm. uh, basically as just a yahoo mm-hmm. that doesn't know what he's talking about. And the Not man, so. let me tell you, if you have ever sat down with Gary Stubblefield, you find out how smart of a man he is. We could use some more grit like that. Yeah, I agree. The rest that. of the lawmakers—that's a—that's a perfect word for him. Yep. that's real true grit. He was, right. you know, he was actually asked Stand yesterday up. if he would want if he would consider running for governor. <laughs> was he really? All right. Well, 
We, I, I hate to tell everybody, but that's basically been decided, I think. Uh, real yeah. quick, I'm going to slide this in. Yes. I know of one candidate for governor that better start running for office because we don't know where she well, stands Well, you're talking about Sanders, and I issues. agree with this. She it needs, is time. She needs to start setting down and, and people talking what people thinks. what she believes mm-hmm. because I don't vote for anybody that doesn't want to discuss the issues i want to know how they feel about this sb 298 as well as the other i've got to call into the ag and i think she's going to come on thursday i'm going to work on getting her thursday leslie yeah leslie Leslie yeah the ag she's been she's been campaigning and she was in faulkner county well i can't i cannot think that she would not want them to override the governor's veto because this is all she's been doing Mm -hmm. all right when obama was president she was fighting against the illegal things that he was trying to do. When Trump was in, we were fighting to make sure that his bills got through, and now we're back to fighting to keep the crazies from she's, doing things She's been again. fighting the Biden administration yeah, on she, some of this yeah, issue. She's doing good, and she, she's got really good relationships with the other AGs. Uh, in the other states, in Texas, and well, She's the Tennessee co-chair of the around. National AG Association, yeah. so I mean, yeah, she does. When you hear, like, 31 and 32 AGs, that's that's big, folks. That's big when they get yeah. involved. Another little factoid. She's co-chair of the state, or sorry, the National AG Associations, part of what you're saying. And she you has know a lot what the governor's going to be. Well, that's the next thing. The governor is actually the head of the governor's association nationwide, and this is how he's acting? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many other governors in our country are going to follow this kind of leadership Let me the just, way that people feel today this reminds me of the 90s when clinton was president bill clinton would pass all these unfunded mandates yeah yeah i'm going to ask for you that are a little older to remember this and he would say states got to do this and they got to do that and the federal government said we're not going to give you any money to do it you find the money to get it done but you got to do it in Indiana, and the reason I know this is I was on the air in Indiana when this went down. Uh, the state senate, uh, Garner was his name. He was the head of the uh, Republican uh, senators. Mm-hmm. And it was just after Indiana turned red. It's amazing. I go places and it turns red. But anyway, it, it, it turned red. And Garner got a bunch of other senators to agree with him and then they got house members to agree with him and what they did is they said okay we'll do it we don't want to do it but we'll do it but to pay for it we're holding all of the government's uh fuel taxes to pay for it Mm -hmm. that went on for six weeks or so Mm -hmm. and finally the clinton administration caved they wanted their money and they let left indiana alone of course they did. That's, and that's what's got to happen now. The people of Arkansas are going to have to understand there's more important things than just federal dollars. Now, over the last few years, man, let me tell you what. It's been nothing but a hog trough in Arkansas. Last two years especially, we, oh, had, we had Acre on yesterday. All right? And they told everybody hey we i mean they had all the spreadsheets and everything in here <laughs> and we have almost gotten are you guys ready for this for covid almost three trillion, trillion dollars, dollars. Mm-hmm. 
Now, let me just ask, over the last two years, has your response from the government, state government, gotten a whole lot better? Been are they, that, are been they doing that. really fantastic? Are, are they $3 trillion better? That's exactly of your what own money that they're just giving back. So to where's us? the money where's, going? Where's, where's my return on investment? That's exactly what. Where's the money going? Yeah, where are they spending this money at? They're sending it to other countries that don't even like us. Well, no, that's not, <laughs> not this is not the, this is not the yeah. federal government. I'm talking about our state government <laughs> has gotten three trillion dollars. Now I understand we talked about this. Um, some of the money went into unemployment. Mm-hmm. All right, a lot. You know, had to. Was, well, but look. You're talking $3 trillion, you talk $600 million, that ain't nothing. Yeah. And we had a $550 million surplus in the state on top of on top of this, and they're worried about a $17 million loss from the federal government. I'm just, I'm, tell you I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> There's something funny with those numbers. <laughs> that, that, that trillion dollar thing just blew me away yesterday, and I, I'm glad that Mitch Mitchell and Nathan Smith were here talking and, about it. And they're gonna they're gonna the lawmakers have been bragging about the seven hundred million dollars in reserve right. that we finally got to take that. a break. Hey, don't forget about Dustin Turner. I've been telling you because uh, the number of houses that are on the market is so few, and money is available to buy houses. It is a buyer's market right now. Not buyer, pardon me, a seller's market right now. Uh, because when you have fewer of something and people have got the money to buy, then usually what happens is that you get more money for what it is that you want, what you're trying to sell. So now's the time if you're wanting to sell your home to sell your home. But you want to talk to somebody like Dustin Turner, who's a realtor, who can tell you how to show your home, all the little intricacies of uh, you know going out and making sure you get the top dollar that you're asking for. And something else to consider is that, um, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, those closing costs and all the rest of the stuff, maybe you don't have to pay quite as much. You're typically going to – I looked I looked on uh, a website yesterday that keeps up with my area code and how houses are doing in my area code. And in the last year, uh, in our area code – or not, not – yeah, the area code, it was – like something in eight percent my house is going up eight percent you know i've been thinking about next year i'm starting to think maybe it's going to be this year that i'll have to sell because i don't want to miss the opportunity here that's right just don't want to miss the opportunity so uh i i'll just tell you the guy that i'm going to call and i think that you should call is dustin turner because he's the only agent i'd call if i needed to sell right now and his phone number is 501-952-2969. And why Dustin Turner? Because he's successful with what he does. He's He's got the plan right now that you need to follow. 501-952-2969. Or go online to hometeamsoldit.com. Again, that's hometeamsoldit.com. All right, moving along, we're going to move away from uh, what's going to be happening over in the house today. Uh, dealing with overriding the governor's veto about a sovereignty bill. And let's talk about a story that broke yesterday that's big. I mean, this is this it, this is bigger, I think, than Heller. All right? And that was back, I think, 2010, if I'm not mistaken. And then you had the Chicago one that came up like in 2012. 
That was McDonald's, if I'm not mistaken. So I've got Mike Hammond on the line right now. He's the general counsel for Gun Owners of America. And this is huge, uh, Mike. I mean, this one really could change the whole playing field of gun rights in America. Would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I agree with your opinion that this may be more important than the Heller case. Uh, When Scalia wrote the Heller decision, he had to negotiate with Anthony Kennedy over uh, language, uh, it turned out, on page 54, which says, yeah, but states can still regulate this and this and this and this. And so for the past uh, 13 years, we've been operating on a balancing test in which the courts have almost consistently ruled that public safety, as it's defined by the liberal left, overrides the right to keep and bear arms. Now, all of a sudden, we have a case from a New York uh, Rifle and Pistol Club in which they say, not only do you have a right to keep a gun in your bedroom while you're huddling, waiting for a burglar to arrive, but you have a right under reasonable circumstances, to get a permit to carry a gun on the street to protect yourself and your family when you're not huddling in your bedroom. And if the court overturns this traditional balancing test and, in fact, establishes the textual history test, then all of a sudden all sorts of gun laws imposed by all sorts of states, which are really draconian, are going to be in question. Yeah, and it's it's an exciting uh, time right now. Uh, you know, Justice Thomas has been castigating the court for not taking up Second Amendment cases and was very excited to see that they're finally going to take this one up. Yeah, my opinion is that the reason that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch voted against taking up Second Amendment cases is they thought that uh, Chief Justice John Roberts was going to vote wrong, was going to vote anti-gun on those cases, based on what they heard in these conferences, which justices hold uh, once a week. Uh, Now... uh, Uh, Kennedy's gone, and Amy Coney Barrett basically gives you five votes, even if you lose the chief justice. That's right. So so I think everyone is assuming that the court took this case, although there is a circuit split. The Ninth Circuit has just said Hawaii can basically limit its gun permits to the rich and famous. Uh, So there's a circuit split between the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, which rules over Hawaii, and the Second Circuit in New York City. Uh, My guess is the reason they took up this case is they intend to establish a rule that you just can't limit gun permits to the rich and famous, uh, that you can't exclude an individual from having a gun permit just because they can't show a, quote, special cause, close quote, if if they're otherwise uh, safe and sound and qualified to carry a firearm. Mike, do you think we'll ever get to the point where we get before the Supreme Court saying that you can carry even if you don't have a permit? It may be. There are 20 states now which are constitutional carry states, and Gun Owners of America led that effort to establish 
this principle that you don't need the government's permission in order to protect yourself, your family, and your friends from danger, even if you're on the street. God, that's that's those those God-given rights, right? Yeah, God-given rights. And we were told beforehand, oh, yeah, well, if... uh, if we allow people to carry guns without the government's permission, then it'll be the okay corral. Guess what uh, Andrew Cuomo said yesterday when he found out that the Supreme Court was taking up the challenge to his law? He said, it's like the okay corral. Well, it wasn't the okay corral in the other 20 states. As a matter of fact, they're by and large the most safe states in the entire country, and and uh, the uh, states which uh, limit and restrict firearms uh, at the, in the home, on the street, and other places are the most dangerous places in the country. Well, you always have the other side that's always arguing, you know, we can't let people have guns because look at all the mass shootings and stuff. <laughs> And and we've well, seen now we've seen people use cars to kill multiple people and and knives and all kind. You know, if somebody wants to do evil, they will do evil until somebody with a gun stops them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you look at the most two recent mass shootings, Indiana and Colorado, and you add to that the copycat shootings, in which uh, fortunately, thank God, not as many people died in Hawaii, California, and Maryland. All of those states had all the gun control, which Joseph Biden is now trying to push through on the entire country. Guess what? The gun control didn't do any good. As a matter of fact, the fact that many of these places were gun-free zones uh, enhanced the will of the shooter to choose that place because he knew he could get his 15 minutes of fame, and and that's what these shooters want. They're 15 minutes of Mm -hmm. fame without the danger that anyone's going to shoot back. I got you. Go ahead. uh, I got got a a thing that I'd like to input here is that, you know, criminals don't pay attention to gun-restrictive laws. They don't pay attention to gun-free zone signs on the door. They don't pay attention to any of that. The other thing is that people don't realize that over between well, that over uh, two million people uh, uh, lives are saved with a gun, and you know what ninety what ninety eight percent of the time the trigger is never pulled. Yeah, and that's, and that's a lot of people don't realize that statistic. Yeah, according to the FBI, those aren't statistics that we're coming up with. That's the FBI. I mean, my brother lived in a bad section of Kansas City. He woke up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. with a drug dealer standing over his bed staring at him. He reached for his nightstand, pulled out his uh, firearm, which fortunately didn't have a pistol lock, didn't have smart gun technology. He stood the guy down until police arrived, and that's the reason why my brother lived through the night. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the reason uh, the reason that uh, the Colorado shooter and I could use his name but I won't chose King Super and drove thirty miles to get there was in fact the no gun sign on the door. He knew that even though there was a fifty one year old policeman there, he wouldn't have a gun. Yeah, you're talking about Aurora, California, or Colorado, right? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Boulder, Colorado, yeah, Boulder. but the Aurora shooter, the Aurora movie house shooter, uh, passed by 
a movie theater that allowed guns That's right. and instead went to one that prohibited guns, specifically for the reason of killing a maximum number of people without having to fear that any good guy in that theater would be armed. All right. I promised you I'd let you go at a quarter till. Last question. When will they take this up? Do we know? I, I think it will probably be in October. They only have two months until they have to go out for the summer. I imagine this will be a huge decision, probably with several hundred pages of opinions and dissents. So that that's my guess, but I couldn't tell you for sure. All right. I appreciate your time, Mike. Thank you so much. If people want to uh, you know, help gun owners of America, what's the website? Uh, gun owners period org. That's gun owners g u n o w n e r s period org. And you can also go to Facebook, and we have a local group here in Arkansas called Gun Owners of Arkansas, yeah. as well as we have another group for just women to, to help them. That's two a women. I just want to bring that up. All right. So you know you got to be involved. That's the key on all of this. Is because people are being involved. That I think the Supreme court finally caved and decided to take one of these uh, one of these cases thanks a lot we appreciate you mike you. you have a great uh, afternoon thank All you right. so much mike hammond here from gun owners of america what, he, he always makes himself available to us when we want him what i like about the bill or sorry the issue that they're taking up is it seems pretty straightforward yep i've seen the supreme court you know kind of slice and dice and take a teeny tiny piece of a case and say okay we're going to rule on that and we won't rule on these bigger major issues this one, I don't see how they can do that. All right. For all the people out there that own businesses, I want to talk to you just for a moment. Uh, if you want to get and be part of my show, you got to do it now because we're getting sold out mm-hmm. where we can't take people. Why do we sell out? Because we get you results. That's the only reason that you would advertise with me unless it's because you believe the same way I believe in mm-hmm. freedom for our country. So if you're still interested in advertising, we've got a couple of positions still open. You can call me or just just email me, all right, Dave at SalemLR.com. That's Dave at S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. And tell me what you're interested in, and we'll talk about how we can help you and you can help us. We've got a brand-new advertiser joining us today. And that's Cabot Emergency Hospital. And we're thankful to see them. I had, I'd been seeing their billboards. I've been seeing, you know, uh, their grand opening sign and all the rest that they have. They're over there on Willie Ray Drive in Cabot. And I would drive past, and we finally called over there and said, you know, you really need to, you know, be on Dave's show. And uh, the doctor came in and looked down. And he said, hi, Dave. I, I listen to you. Yeah, we want to do this. And so they had to have a meeting with all the other physicians and stuff. But we knew basically it was a done deal. Uh, you know, they're 100% physician-owned. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a godsend and it's a curse. I'm just going to tell you. People like uh, Blanche Lincoln, had, you know, when she was senator, she had it in for physician-owned hospitals. Just talk to Arkansas Surgical Center. They'll tell you about that in North, over in uh, North Little Rock. But anyway, 100% physician-owned, board-certified emergency physicians with over 130 years of experience. They're always open. 
365. That's including the holidays. Uh, a complete radiology suite, including x-ray, CT, and MRI, plus bedside ultrasound, on-site, on-site lab and pharmacy, and a patient-centered care. What are their, What do they believe in? Get back to life faster. Get in and see them and let them take care of you. Why wait? Why would you, when you got an emergency, want to go to Little Rock, you know, 20 miles away when you can be seen in an emergency room right in Cabot and that your emergency, of course, matters. That's Cabot Emergency Hospital. They're located at Willie Ray Drive in Cabot, uh, 212 to be exact. And uh, it's a great place. Uh, Stop by and just visit with them. I think that if you came by and say, can you show me a little bit? They might do that. All right. It's really impressive what they got going. I'll tell you what. Remember when I had the pick line in my arm? Oh, yeah. it, came un, it came undone one day, and I was bleeding like a stuck pig. And I walked in there. They had me in one of their rooms in a matter of moments, and they had everything taken care of in a matter of minutes. It was incredible how well they did. And I think it was a doctor box if i'm not mistaken over at cabot emergency hospital and that came off top of my head all right i'm pretty sure uh, that's who it was and uh, he did a fantastic job cabot emergency hospital right on willie ray drive in cabot it's a place to go when your emergency can't wait okay keep that in mind all right i gotta take a break don't i all right let's do that all right, so in October, the Supreme Court will hear this case on uh, the Second Amendment, and I believe they will rule the way we hope they will rule. And that will be probably in June of 2022. Yeah, it, it amazes me. Don't you know? Because they'll wait. They get it all done, and it just sits on a desk somewhere. That's right. They'll kinda, wait. It's kind of like sending a, a bill that you know Governor Hutchinson don't like. It just sits on a desk for a long time yeah. four and a anyway. half days yeah so four and sorry half days. i'm sorry man and then when he gets on television yeah. he has to remind people about he has bills on his desk yeah 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 he's got to be reminded anyway uh big things are happening today over in our house of our house of representatives it is our house uh, yes uh, for uh arkansas they'll be voting today on whether to override the governor's veto uh, on Senate Bill 298. You heard uh, Mary Bentley say there's three additional pieces of legislation waiting that are going to make some changes to this bill. Here's what I find interesting, and I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I had talked to Gary Stubblefield. I knew that this was in their minds all along. And I was talking to somebody higher up in the hierarchy, okay, of, of government here in the state. And I won't say who it was because I told them that our conversation was off the record. But I said, you know, I'm glad you're doing this, even if in the end they kick it out and say it's unconstitutional by a federal court or something. And he says, why is that? And I said, because the governor has got to understand that he that, that all political discussion and decisions do not begin and end with him the the arkansas people 
have thoughts about the way they want their state to be as well. Imagine that. And I think that they're kind of getting tired of big corporations sending letters up here. This is not the first time that this happened with the transgender bill, the whole castration mm-hmm. thing and all mm-hmm. that. Well, let's go back a couple of years before that mm-hmm. when Ballinger was running the RIFRA bill and it was pulled yep. uh, by the governor, basically. He said, pull it and because it was going to pass and because he had okayed it and he got a letter <clears throat> excuse me from uh from walmart mm-hmm. and he changed his mind he also got a letter from uh sec that's not the security exchange commission by the way that's the <laughs> southeastern conference, conference uh that did that's in you know we'll stop having any big deals with you guys well you're right the people are tired of woke capitalism and our big Thank you, because that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. And our big companies telling we, the people, how we are going to run our lives? I don't think so. Well, they call it woke. I call it blind. Yeah. I call it extortion. You know? It's economic blackmail. It's economic blackmail. It's the same thing when the banks say, oh, if you have a gun business, we're not going to let you bank with us. It's the same attitude. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, SCOTUS actually turned down President Trump whenever he said he was going to withhold funds, uh, federal funds, from the sanctuary cities out there. That's what I'm saying is that... These, I think these, that would change now. I think we're fixing to change some <laughs> Do stuff. Do you think? <laughs> well, it's going to take four years. We're going to yeah. have to wait now. we got to wait. But we can't be Here's destroyed. the key. we got to win in 22 and take the House back and try to get back the Senate. I don't know if we can. I do believe we'll get the House back and stop that insanity. And hopefully, Pelosi will declare that she's going to retire what we've got to do is she's, fix the elections so that we can well we're win. doing that here i mean we already won we're doing, right but they we're stole doing it. what we got to do okay we can only do what That's we can right. do here in arkansas That's right and mark johnson and lowry and some of yeah. those guys have passed great legislation to tighten this stuff up and That's to, right. to bring to heal the Pulaski County idiots that are here. And That's others, no joke. others right. across the state. It wasn't just Pulaski. They broke the camel's back. You better but, believe it. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break. I got the Bible guys coming up. Elizabeth, thank you. Thank Wayne, you so thank much. you. Go over and give them uh, H-E double hockey sticks uh, <laughs> <laughs> there. And uh, I will talk to you guys down the road. Good. Michael W. Smith. Michael W. Smith. 
You know, whenever I think of Michael, I always think of Friends. <laughs> That's the song I think of. When I interviewed him with Amy, uh, Amy Grant, it was uh, really interesting. He was just such a nice guy, and he's gone on to have a tremendous, tremendous career. And a uh, great guy, really good guy. He lives his faith, by the way, just so you know. He really does live his faith. Well, sitting in with us today is uh, Steve. Hello. And Billy. Good morning. Scott's not here. He's uh, he's got things that he had to take care of, so he he's not in the studio today. Last week, I specifically left out a question to be asked today and to talk about it, and it dealt uh, from the uh, the writer dealt with depression, and th- this is something I I wanted to spend some time talking about. Depression is a real medical issue. Absolutely. Okay, it is a medical issue. Uh, This is not just people feeling blue. I mean, we all feel blue once in a while. You Mm -hmm. know, you get down a little bit, and then uh, if you—that's when that that song "Count Your Blessings" comes into play. You start counting your blessings, and suddenly you realize things aren't as bad as you know you might have thought they were, and so you feel better. Well, here's the key. You can count your blessings when you have clinical depression, and then don't mean squat to you. Absolutely. I mean, it's that simple. And people in the church have to understand that. Yep. And sometimes people who are depressed and are members of our congregations uh, get chastised mm-hmm. for being depressed. Yeah. You know, what would you say to, to the members of the flock about this? So when we're talking about true depression um i i will readily confess i try to live my life as open as possible i will readily confess i had some medical issues going on um 18 i guess we're approaching 20 months ago at this point um and part of what came out of that was some depression um and i chose to seek treatment for it um and i spent probably two or three months um taking some medicines to assist with that we have to understand that true depression again not just feeling blue but true depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain it's it, just like anything else if your cholesterol were high or uh, your heart uh, your, your blood pressure was too high and you would take some medicines to deal with that clinical depression uh, is a chemical imbalance in the brain and it should be treated now sometimes that clears itself up um Sometimes that with treatment, sometimes that that clears up, and you can uh, wean yourself off of with with a doctor. Always, when we're talking about mm-hmm. particularly depression medicines, um, do that under a doctor's supervision. But uh, you know, just like I wouldn't hesitate to to go to a doctor for uh, the flu or something else, I, I would not hesitate to go to a doctor for true depression. Uh, it is it needs to be treated. How about that, uh, Steve? For believers that are having problems and refuse to go seek professional help mm. because they think somehow it's a lack of faith Correct. on their part. Yeah, we had um, – <clears throat> you got to find that balance, right? Uh, because there are some people that were taking this level of faith stuff too far when COVID first started happening. Yeah. And they'll say things like, well, why are we – why are we staying home or why are we hiding? We should just trust God, right? Well, you trust God, but you don't go out and challenge God. Correct. Right. And that's the, you don't Tempt test not your the faith. Lord thy God. Right. And that's actually the, the context in which that, that verse should have been used in the midst of all that. It had been the same as well, when the enemy said to 
Jesus, well, why don't you just go up here and jump off? Well, it's like, okay, well, why don't you just go in here and bathe in a bathtub of COVID and God's going to protect you? It's not how it works. So if there's an issue within your mind, and this is something that's easier for people, like I I would say to people who are the, those who attack those who, who are wrestling with these kind of things to say, well, do you ever take Tylenol? Do you ever take Advil? Do you take anything for pain? Because we're talking about something that is something's physically wrong. Your muscles are hurt, whatever you take something to lessen that. Now people are feeling like they need to get counseling or maybe even take meds or whatever the case is to kind of deal with something. And And the doctor you need to you need to find spiritual doctors. You need to find Christian doctors. And the reason I say that is because yeah, talk to your pastor. Right. Usually they have some people. Right. Uh, because sometimes it is a chemical imbalance, and sometimes it's you created the chemical imbalance because of worry, because of fear, because of doubt, yeah, because yeah, you've true. talked yourself into a situation. I mean, we do it when, like, if something happens and, and we get scared really quick and adrenaline pumps up, right, and we just flood our body with these chemicals because it's the fight-or-flight mentality, right? Well, if you are constantly meditating on negativity and death and, oh, what was me and fear and worry, then it's going to change how your body processes and does things. So you got to find out whether it is you, it's, we, as you're used to probably hearing the phrase stinking thinking right mm-hmm. uh, or is there really a chemical imbalance that needs to be worked out until you work out what's going on in your mind and what? and is there not are there not demons absolutely and that's the sure. other side of it we need to find out if it's spiritual because sometimes these things that are perceived as just the blues is actually a spiritual attack and that's why you, you got to couple this with uh your pastor and a doctor and that's why i say you find a um um a psychologist, psychiatrist, somebody who is <clears throat> opening to those kind of discussions. Uh, I have a friend of mine that works in that, actually two, um, that were um, um, psychiatric nurse practitioners who actually deal with both sides of that at the same time to find out whether or not we're dealing with pure and chemical imbalance or whether or not they actually deal uh, with something that is spiritual. Because and being spiritual, it can be demonic correct. or it can be sin. Correct. That's right. right. And that's the other part. Yeah, people forget about that. If you remember one of the, the terms used for um, one of the per, uh, people that Jesus healed, it, the scriptures used the term epilepsy, that he was having an epileptic seizure, and that's what, well, I'm not saying, let me caveat that there, just because you have an epileptic seizure doesn't mean you have a demon. That's, right, how, that's right. how that I manifested understand. in that time, that particular thing, and that's the terminology that the King James translators used. Um, and so sometimes these spiritual things are manifesting in physical ways. Uh, it, you know, the, if you go to uh, certain places where these people that are dealing, they won't deal uh, with the spiritual side of things, and they'll just say, "Well, those people are crazy." You know, if right. we're talking about people in insane asylums or stuff like that, yeah. you know, sometimes those are those are demoniacs, and they just don't realize it. Demoniacs. And, yeah. You know, it's you never seen that. It's I've the, seen that word. It's in the King James. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And so you don't know if that's what you're dealing with. Uh, or whether or not it is something just purely physical. And so you got to find out. Don't be uh, ashamed if you've got to address that, because sometimes uh, you see, I mean, look at how David wrote some of the Psalms and all that. You can tell that he was stressed and worried and upset at times. He was blue. I right. mean, yeah. I get blue if the king of, at that time of Israel's chasing right. me all over the countryside. Right. Elijah, you know, we just ran to the mountain. Uh, Jonah just said it'd be better if I die, right? Yeah. right. So there's those times where th- those, those things come upon people, 
Um, and I would say first start with what the Bible says about renewing your mind, right? Washing of the water and renewing your mind, getting those positive scriptures, encouraging scriptures in your mind. Uh, I think it's in the book of Philippians um, where it says to think on those things that are praiseworthy, lovely, uh, things that are of a good report. Just try and get your mind right. And if it's not helping, then I would say you need to go see somebody and, and find out really what's going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you, the the weight of sin. That's right. And the shame that mm. it can bring to you. Uh, and the soul crushing ability of sin mm-hmm. when you know you're sinning and you yeah. refuse to do what's necessary. That's right. It tears you That's up. Right. That's actually what I was getting ready to say. If you're if you're um, committing adultery or you're stealing and you feel bad about it, that's not depression. That's conviction because you're right, a liar and right, a thief, right? Right. right? That's, that's, but if you keep doing it, if you're being convicted right. by it, by the Holy Spirit, he'll keep turning the temperature up. That's on right. It. Yep. All right? Until be, you come and, around to the right way of thinking it. Off. it. That's right. right. Be, con- be concerned if you're not feeling that. All right. So Absolutely. Um, but So I'll play devil's advocate here because I know what all of my – focused on the new testament brethren will say but steve doesn't scripture just say call for the elders and be anointed and you'll be okay <laughs> what, what was that anointing with oil all about mm. sin right and and it was the medication of the day right mm. i mean it was the whole anointing with oil it was part of the medical treatment yep. that was applied at the time so it, when you're reading that you know we think of someone dabbing their finger with oil and putting a little oil on your forehead but that's not what that was they poured it on top of right. their heads and man. it was it was it was used for you know covering the wounds latter half and, of that verse says and if any man has any sin and he confesses right. his sin it would be forgiven right. forget about that part yeah so you got to check yourself one is, is there something wrong and am i doing something wrong right yeah right. and if i'm doing something wrong am i admitting mm. yep. and then turning from it because yep. that's the key yeah and, that, that's and we the, uh, the way to get to healing we have a tendency to to pick on the Catholics for a, a variety of reasons, um, but this is one of the things that I think there's no there's no denomination in the world that does better because of their whole um, the whole confession of mm-hmm. going to co- they they end up with this um, intimate connection mm-hmm. in that way with their priest whoever their priest is and and they're much more open the Catholics than I know personally and I, I should caveat that by saying while I have a problem with Catholicism some of the best people I know, some of the best human beings I know in this world are Catholic. Um, and, and they have this relation, you know, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine here recently. He was like, oh yeah, I had to go talk to the priest about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, that's, that's the sort of thing I would have had a conversation with someone very, very privately with. And, and it's just because of the nature of the relationship between priest mm-hmm. and congregant, they, they have this uh, ability that, that a lot of the rest of the church doesn't to yeah. reach out to someone and have those conversations. And, and as a result, they, they tend to be healthier mentally, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, it, you know, that ability to share, that ability to have a conversation. Uh, and if you don't have that relationship with your pastor, you should probably, or someone in that in your church staff, you should probably be trying to to find someone uh, you got to have somebody got to be the pastor an extremely close friend you got to have somebody because there really is something true to what billy's saying about the the act of confessing it i mean the bible talks about that over and over that you get it out in the air and then if you are being bombarded because of past sin that you are know that you're forgiven for then when you get it into the air it's just like when you speak those words then that forgiveness and healing comes so it's really important to have somebody that you you know that you can confide in and they're not going to run and you know Tell it to everybody. All right. We're going to have to get to a break. Uh, 
look for somebody like Jay Adams. You know Jay Adams mm-hmm. is a psychologist, Jay Adams. He's great. You should uh, take a look. I just He died back uh, last year. He died in November of 2020. Uh, he has written a lot of different books. And, uh, you know, Competent to Counsel is a series that he wrote. And it's all about, he says, don't go to anybody that the Bible is not the book mm-hmm. that right. they go to when they're counseling. Right. Uh, do not get caught up in a bunch of new ageism and things of that nature. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk further. If you've got questions, by the way, 823-0965. Okay, give them 823 Let me try to get it right. 823-0965. There we go. I got it right. Gosh. I didn't sleep well last night. I've got surgery coming up in uh, a week from Friday, and uh, I had a really bizarre dream about it. You know, they had they they're going to have to go in and and remove some stuff, and I I've dreamed that they removed the wrong stuff, and that that gives me the creeps when something like that that happens. All right, let's talk about St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning. They do a fantastic job. That's been established by me talking about them over the months and all the people who have already used them and continue to use them even after, uh, you know, and paying full price even after they use their 50% off coupon. Now, if you haven't used St. Clarity, I'm going to highly recommend that you do. And just because you bought one, uh, you know, of their uh, certificates doesn't mean you can't buy a second one. So you can continue to take advantage of, you know, getting your house cleaned for $150 instead of $300 uh, up to 2,500 square feet. They will do the job for you. They do a deep clean. You know that dirt you see in the corner that if you're like me, you don't want to stoop down and get down and scrap, you know, scrape it out with a, uh, a single edge razor blade or your, your, your fingernail or whatever. They do that. They, wa- they wash the baseboards. When's the last time you washed your baseboards? Think about that for a second. You don't. I don't. Uh, and the bottom line is they will. And they will make your house uh, clean. They'll get all those fingerprints off the walls. They'll go around the doorknobs and get all that built-up crud that slowly builds up there because your hand rubs against the door or whatever. They do all of that. And I'm going to have them come in again because I need to get my house dusted again. And, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to tell them to come in with a, one of those weed, you know, leaf blowers and, and use that because the dust gets that thick on my, <laughs> on my bookcases, to be honest. Just call 404-6560, 404-6560, and uh, Chuck will take your call after 9 o'clock and set you up for, uh, instead of paying $300 to St. Clarity, you only pay $150 for the certificate, and they will honor that uh, for you. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, I want to go back again real quickly here to talk about uh, depression. And I mentioned it's not like having the blues, all right? It's not an Elton John song, okay? Right. Just just telling you. But all of us get the blues once in a while. Sure. And we get it because we take our eye off of the Lord at that point. I really do believe that. So I'll let, you know, Billy, you wanted to talk about this, so I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, I did. One of those things. So um, I spent some time as 
um, singles pastor in a fairly large uh, congregation here in central Arkansas. And one of my responsibilities was counseling um, the singles. And that included um, never marrieds. Um, that included those who were just after their teens and had not yet married, those who were older and had never married, and those who had wow. been widowed and uh, and or divorced. You so had was, them all. I had them all. Um, and one of those things, particularly when you talk about those who have been widowed uh, or divorced, you deal with a lot of, I just don't feel good mentally, mm-hmm. right? Um, and one of the things that, uh, in, in doing that counseling back in the day, one of the things, one of the techniques that I... I I want to say I developed, but that's probably not true. I'm sure I read it in one of the, some of the material that I was working on was to encourage people um, right now, whatever you're doing right now, uh, assuming you're not driving down the road, uh, stop and take some time. Go buy you a brand new journal. Uh, go buy you a brand new notebook and start writing in that thing the good things that God has done for you already. You know, talk about the moment you were saved. Talk about that time when. Um, a car swerved into your lane and you had just happened to hit the brake right before that. Talk about the time when you needed God and he's already shown himself to be evident in your life. Uh, And what this does for you is it creates your personal testimony uh, about the, the goodness of God in your life. And when you're feeling blue, again, we're not talking about depression. When you're feeling blue, and, and you're having that thought in the back of your head, does God even know I, I exist? Mm-hmm. You can crack the cover on that thing mm-hmm. and start walking through a lifetime of when, when I was nine years old, God did this for me. When I was 20 years old, God did this for me. Last week, when I was in trouble, God did this for me. And, and it will reaffirm your faith and remind you that God knows exactly where you are and what's going on with you. And he's never forgotten right. about you. Uh, it's one of those my my I call mine mine's got book of remembrance written on the front cover uh, and mine is one of my most precious possessions um I, I lost it at one point during a move uh, and was a little panicked about the fact that it was gone because it's just it's that precious to me it is a an extra chapter of the Bible for me um it is it's my personal um, book of the Bible tacked onto the back end about what God has done for me well when people attack you. Why do you believe in the zombie Jesus or, or whatever? I always bring that up because, number one, I thought it was kind of a unique way of saying it. But, yep, yeah. yep. but, but bottom line is, you know, you know the people who attack you spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all you need to do is you say, I'll tell you why I believe, because this happened yep. and mm-hmm. this happened. They can't take away That's your right. personal testimony. Yep. It happened to you. You know that it happened. And God, um, so... I've heard so many sermons over the years about trusting God no matter what, and that is an accurate statement. I've also heard people talk about blind faith, and that's an inaccurate statement. Mm-hmm. God never demanded blind faith. See, that's he where provided, Kierkegaard was wrong. He provided plenty <laughs> of evidence. The heavens Sorry. themselves declare the presence of Sorry. God. Everything around you declares the goodness and presence of God. Um, so, you know... This is this is part of the evidence for your life, um, part of your personal testimony. And, and in doing this, you know, I always tell everyone they need a, a an elevator pitch for your story, your salvation story. Uh, in, in writing through the things that got you, you'll pick out. Oh, well, this one's important. I really need that one to be in my elevator pitch. Well, I, I, that's really cool, but that probably doesn't belong in my elevator pitch. It'll help you develop that that quick story of what God has done for me that you can tell someone in twenty seconds. Yep. 
Well, you know, that whole thing, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned Kierkegaard, of course. He's a great theologian, but he believed in a blind leap of faith. I'm just saying I didn't make my my belief in Christ on a, a blind leap. Yeah, no. He was talking to me. Yeah, yeah. All you, right? Most of the time, I heard a rabbi once say— Hold oh, your thought on it. it. I want you— I, I remember a rabbi. That's where you'll start when we come back <laughs> here after Rush. 25 minutes till 8. David Lucas wants you to know that if you've got questions about filing for Social Security, he'll help you get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet, and it's called Your Guide to Social Security. You know about the one that I had? I was telling you about that he had that helped you about retirement. This one helps you about Social Security because there's some decisions you're going to have to make about your Social Security. Do you want to take it early? Do you want to take it, you know, uh, when you're vested, suppose, you know, completely? Or do you want to hold on longer and get an extra maybe 30% uh, and, and take it when you're like 70 years old? Those are all important decisions that you have to make. And this 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know. It could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get the free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. And as a bonus, you're going to get a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time. That's the important words here. Optimal uh, optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. And let me just say this real quickly. That's not wrong that you want to get it all back that you can get because that's why you've been paying into it Mm -hmm. in the first place. It's your money. Yeah, it's your money. Uh, Pick up the phone. Call them now. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And talk to them over at... uh, David Lucas Financial, they'll take good care of you. David's a really smart cat, man. Boy, that's an old saying. Mm-hmm. He's a smart cat. Wait, somebody right. just jumped back to the late 60s, early 70s. <laughs> I did. Right? I really did. All right. Let me, hang, hanging out with too many of my brothers, you know, when I start talking like that. Let me uh, turn it over to Steve again because you were going to tell us uh, from the perspective of a uh, of a rabbi. He, I was watching a debate in – there's an there's an aspect of seeing the things of God where you got to have an encounter with God. And this rabbi said nobody would study and just by reading the scriptures are going to come to the conclusion that Jesus was the Messiah. He said you're just not. And that's not entirely true. But when you took at when you look at it from a purely academic standpoint, um, then you're missing the spiritual encounter that must accompany. Because in a sense, you're not. If you just read the book and you look at the at the Bible from an academic standpoint, then he's right. There's a lot of people who don't believe in God who are actually scholars, right? Because they know the history and the linguistics. The linguistics. This one more time. We'll try that again. Linguistics. <laughs> Thank you. Of the Bible, but they don't understand the spiritual concept, so they can't right. see the things. Some that are of in. them stand in pulpits. Right. They do. <clears throat> and so you have to have that spiritual encounter, and then guess what? the book of paper will come alive. Mm-hmm. And then those things that some people can't see will become completely obvious. And when you're open to that, all of these other things, that's why I can actually, I'm going to contradict myself here. 
now that I have seen in the, in the encounter that I had with God back in September of 1996, I now see it on every page, and I don't know how you can't see it. Right. Because when you're open to things and God begins to show you different things, he's going to open and show you more. Once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't. You can't. I don't know it's how. It's true. I mean, it really is true. Yep. I don't know how you – I don't know how people like that rabbi, how some of those uh, Gentile scholars can't see it. And I, yeah. I just don't, and it has to be because there is a spiritual encounter that goes along with the uh, scholastic. I forget encounter. how many years ago it was when uh, Scott invited me over to Seder at his home, mm-hmm. and Linda and I went, and uh, it was great. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, but as we got to the end of it, I looked at him and I said, I said, how? Can anybody not see Christ in this? Right. I mean, what's going on? And he said, they're blind. That's right. They're blind. The greatest story, I think, for in the Old Testament is the the, what's known as the binding of Isaac. And remember, God says to Abraham, I want you to go and offer me your son, right? Yes. So he walks up there, and this is a a couple sermons here I'm going to try and give in two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on there. Uh, you hear the phrase Jehovah Jireh, that's mm-hmm. where, we, where we get that phrase from, that God is our provider. Well, it's a very poor translation. And what happens is, is when he goes up there and um, he goes to bind Isaac and then the angel stops him and Abram, Abraham turns and he sees a ram caught in a thicket. He's standing on the mount in Jerusalem when he sees a ram caught in the thicket. I don't know, maybe somewhere like a crown of thorns, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And the angel stops him and says, now I know, right, that you would offer your son, your only son. That phrase is used twice there, that you would offer your son, your only son. So what Gosh, happened? where else did we see that? Yeah. <laughs> and and so it, and he says, this is what it says. He goes, he named that place Yahweh Yireh, not Jehovah Jireh, that on the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen, not that it was seen, but it shall be. It was future tense. So remember when Jesus said that Abraham lived to see my day and he saw it? That's what Abraham saw that day. And then what was to happen was going to happen on that mountain one day in the future. And what did God do to Abraham? Hey, you don't have to give me your son. I'm going to give you mine. And one day on the mountain, it's going to be seen for all the world those little things and those that are just tucked in there that if you don't understand um, that context, you, you completely miss. It's one of the most magnificent pictures. Well, that's what's important about learning Hebrew, yep. learning Greek. I mean, I know that that sounds like hard, but, you know, I mean, Pastor Scott does classes yep. that don't cost you a penny. All you got to do is make the time to go over and sit at his feet and learn. Yep. And uh, I know he hates it when I say sit at his feet, right? But because we don't sit on the floor, but the, you know you're sitting in the chair. But I'm just saying you sit under mm-hmm. his teaching. The man is really, really smart. People yep. don't realize how smart Scott is. Yep. You don't have a you don't have all the degrees and stuff he's got because he's not right, smart. Right. You know he knows the Hebrew language inside and out, which is really important because you're just proven it. Yep. We don't do that enough in the churches today. Mm-hmm. You know that's why my favorite Bible is not the, the new uh, King James or whatever. I like the one that has 
all the color of the words. Uh, the amp is it the Amplified Bible that takes the Greek and, yeah. and then it gives you like this word means this and this and this and this and this, yep. and it just opens up the scripture to yep. you. Because the Hebrew and the Greek both are very pictorial. They're going to paint a picture for you. Yeah. It's not just, that's why oftentimes we don't understand a lot of concepts because we have a single word to try to describe something that is actually a painting. Yeah. Paragraph long. You know, if, if you were to do a, if you were to do a conceptual um, translation from the Hebrew to English, your Bible would take up an entire library. Yep. Um, each, each book um, and in some cases, individual chapters would be as big as your as your current Bible. For a lot of you who are not cracking the Old Testament, because you say the New Testament's about Christ, the Old Testament right. it's about every Christ. You page, just said every page. You just proven that yep. by going back to Abraham yep. and saying, "Hey, look, he he was shown Calvary mm-hmm. yep. in what was happening." Yep. And if you think it's unimportant. But you wouldn't have understood it unless you knew Hebrew. Correct. If you think it's unimportant, then you disagree with, oh, let's say the apostles. Mm -hmm. Because when it says they opened the scriptures, Mm -hmm. they're not talking about a New Testament. No. They were were in the process of (laughs) writing that New Testament. And there's Um, virtually. They weren't weren't open the epistles of Paul. (laughs) There's very little. Right. There's very little in the New Testament is not directly quoted directly or indirectly. From the Old Testament. From the Old Testament. Very, very, very little. So that argument. That I keep hearing now, and it's more and more prevalent uh, what um, amongst the greasy grace people. Uh, that's the people who don't understand grace. That mm-hmm. grace doesn't mean you go out and sin more. I thought Paul settled that for us. Right. But the the bottom line is 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 that it's all right there. Mm-hmm. The, the Old Testament is as important, if not more important, than the New Testament. Because yeah. well, if you don't. If you don't tie everything directly back, then who is Jesus? Right. He's just some guy that showed up on the scene. Right. He's just some wise teacher. You know, they just discount the death, right? Uh, or they'll just say it's only about the death. And then they'll say, well, what, what's the context of that death? Why did he have to die? Is it just the blanket understanding of what a sacrifice is? Or was there something that was foretold? that was going to happen and the why that was necessary that a righteous one should die for the unrighteous and why it had to happen by the shedding of blood. Otherwise, like some people do, is they'll just accuse Christianity of stealing from Mithraism and right. because there are direct correlations to that. Or from any other Correct. And religion. if you don't tie it back, that from all the way back in Genesis 3.15, when um, the or God said of, the end of Eve that her seed is going to bruise your head, meaning one day – somebody's going to come from the seed of a woman who's going to destroy the enemy. It goes all the way back to that. And then you have to go through and see um, in Jacob's ladder, in in the binding of Isaac, and in the Passover, and in Joshua crossing, and in Jonah, and in David, right? All of this, it's always pointing to that event. You don't discount the roadmap and just say, oh, well, we got to the place. Now let's quit remembering everything that told us about it. No, it's it's not. You have to, and it, it will actually strengthen your faith. And the faith. only way you're going to learn all that is by actually picking up your Bible and reading yep. it. Right. I would also highly recommend getting a, a Hebrew lexicon and getting a Greek lexicon yeah. and read them together. I mean, you can get Bibles that have the Hebrew on one side and the English on the other, and you can go through it, and you can see where a lot of our misconceptions have come from. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I will caution, if you're going to do that, 
um, you can find yourself in a weird rabbit hole. Um, if you go look at a, I know what you're saying. <laughs> if you go look at a English word and then go look up the Hebrew word and then start pouring through the various translations to find a word that you want mm. to fit into that, mm. um, the the reason those words are translated in English the way they the way they are is because of the context that the original Hebrew word was in. Yeah. So um, just because 17 words down you find a word you like better in that scripture does not mean that fits. Um, and you can build some really weird theology in a hurry if you start trying to do that sort of thing. Uh, I know some some very good brothers who've got some really weird ideas, and it's because of doing things like that. So Without that is a very sharp, education. Right. That is a very sharp sword you're playing with when you start doing that. So, All right. Let me talk about East End Towing, then we'll come back and finish up this hour. The fastest hour in radio, it really is. East End Towing wants you to know that uh, they are ready to help you. First of all, they want to help you be uh, educated, as I like to say, about what to do with a broken down car. Let's say you're out on the highway and you blew a tire, okay? And that that's something that happens to a lot of us a lot of times. So what do you do when that happens? Well, they'll tell you from East End Towing, you want to pull onto the right shoulder if you can. Now, why is that? Because the left shoulder is in next to the fast lane, where everybody usually is going faster uh, than the people who don't want to go faster than them. So you want to make sure that you try to get over into that right shoulder. If you can't, you can't. It's just the way it goes. Uh, You may want to just get off the road completely, and if there's, let's say, you know, like it happens a a lot of times, you're driving down the road and something happens and you look over, lo and behold, there's the sign, Walmart. All right. You go over and pull into their parking lot. You know, just that, that gets you away from the craziness. Because there's a lot of hazards out on the road when you're talking about that. There have been tow operators that have been killed uh, out on the road. So you want to be very, very careful about what you're doing out on the road. Uh, Keep in mind that you want to slow down. You who are driving down the road, myself included, if I see a tow truck picking somebody up, I get in the farthest lane I can from them. I move over if I can. If I can, I slow down. It's just an important thing. You just don't know. Somebody might lose their balance, you know, fall back into your your lane. You end up hitting them. You end up killing somebody. You don't want to do that. Just a quick reminder from East End Towing. And if you ever need them, uh, you want East End Towing to come out. Because if you have a wreck or whatever, you can say, hey, this is the towing company. I want to come out and get my car. You don't have to accept the one that the state police or the local police say that they, they want to call in. Uh, here's the number to have. Write it down on a piece of paper. Keep it in your wallet. Keep it in your glove box, whatever. 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right. We're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show Bible Guys today. And uh, it's kind of interesting uh, what has been uh, going on uh, in our country uh, and what's happening in our states. Uh, I think there's a fight going on in our states right now to preserve uh, our lifestyles and our culture mm-hmm. 
away from the crazies that want to change it to really crazy stuff. Yeah. And we're seeing that play out right in front of us now here in Arkansas. Yep. I I, I was talking to a, another uh, legislator, and they were saying, well, we haven't done uh, anything except these these culture war things. And I said, well, the only reason we're doing these culture war things is because the left is doing a full frontal assault on waging war on our culture. That's what they're doing. And uh, and we and we've got to react to yep. it. And I give our uh, legislature all the credit in the world. Jerry Cox, friend of mine, who comes on the show all the time from uh, you know family uh, research, same way. Yep. They've 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 people say, well, they're the supremacy cause. Those 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 uh, laws that they're passing federally override what we're doing statewide. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe so. Except that. Now you can take and get it into the court system. Right. And, you know, Trump did some really good things for us by getting conservative justices in a lot. I mean, you look at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, you wouldn't even recognize it. Yeah. Some of well, the when things it comes that to, they say. I mean, everybody wants to focus on the Supreme Court. But when it comes to the other courts, the other federal courts, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but Trump appointed more federal judges than any other president in history is that not correct yes yeah so um his his impact will be felt for regardless of what those morons in the swamp want his impact will be felt for many many years to come so yep. yeah a lot for a long time that's why they want to pack the supreme court yeah yep yeah, and get dc statehood which yeah. uh, you know violates the constitution that is, but, yeah that is know. so un- i mean hr1 which is the election uh, one that they just got passed in the House, not passed in the Senate, passed in the House. And uh, it's just so against and and so unconstitutional, it's ridiculous. But yet they don't care. They don't care. And just what you were just talking about there, they don't care. They do not care. I would argue that the right doesn't care because they're not shutting down the Congress. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they may think it's got no legs. And honestly, if even if it were to pass the Senate uh, and Biden signed it, it would immediately go to the Supreme Court. And the court as it exists today oh, would H- laugh it out of the court. H.R. So, 1, definitely, they'd yeah. laugh it out of the court. But uh, so, if you so the court first. But it tells, um, yeah, that's the difference. That's it. And that's why they're doing yeah. what yeah. and how they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're they're doing it in a logical, mm-hmm. methodical way. Absolutely, to get us to a this particular place. They've been working on this for fifty years. So no longer a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. It all started with Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, it's, that's, that's where it all started. When just, we uh, when we started to to elect our own senators instead of our state legislatures uh, appointing them, and the reason that they appointed them is because the senators were supposed to protect the states. Right. Mm. They don't do that anymore. Nope. They protect their uh, personal bank accounts. That's a, well, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that really is. And if you're true. sitting there wondering why the Bible guys are talking politics this morning, because yeah. the Messiah talked politics <laughs> right. all the time. He really did. Uh, go go read your Bible. He talked politics a lot there. He, he was. Act, I mean, yes, he was killed for our sins, but it was actually done in the midst of a, a big political right. movement. Right. The, the reason yeah. that... Uh, you know the what? biggest reason. Let me use this as an opportunity. Go ahead, I'll, and I'll make it a point. The biggest reason that the Jewish leadership did not accept Messiah was not that they did not believe, 
was that he threatened their power base. That's right. It was it was all about politics. And it was the reason Pilate did what he did. Right. Right. Because he didn't want to lose his seat because he needed to maintain control. And he asked the age old question that people still ask today. What is truth? What is truth? So as though there's all kinds of different truths. We haven't been able to get together, but Billy and I with some other people get together on Tuesday nights and we do this study about prophetic events. And somebody said something to me years ago that used to be part of our old congregation that um, said that the greatest spiritual event in the history of mankind appeared to be nothing more than a political event. Right. Right. So the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus just appeared to be a rebel rouser, somebody that was rising up, you know, and it was done by Pontius Pilate. Yes, with the pushing of the Jewish Jewish leadership and all that kind of stuff. But it was political. Mm -hmm. And so God used the political and geographical right landscape to uh, bring about the greatest spiritual event history as we move towards the end of time you have to have the same mindset you need to realize that a lot of the things that we're dealing with are spiritual but they are manifesting in geopolitics yeah it it plays out in front of you yep it really really does but also the other thing that comes out of a lot of this is that solomon was right there's nothing new under the sun nothing right i mean the thing that Pilate was arguing about you know he was just arguing with himself out loud (laughs) truth what's truth you know the bottom line is it's the exact same question that people ask today absolutely what is truth Think about that. 2,000 years later. Yep. Still talking the same idiocy. Yep. <laughs> now, anyway, that's what it's going on as far as that's concerned. Guys, we'll get back together next Tuesday. Uh, if you got a question for the Bible Guys, it's BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Billy, have a good one. Yes, sir. Steve, you have a good one. I'll see everybody tomorrow, 6 a.m., and the folks from the emergency hospital in Cabot will be with us.